When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. The definition of a problem is a matter or situation regarded as unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. A requirement is defined as a thing that is compulsory, a necessary condition. Think about that for a minute. The idea that something is a problem is in itself a bit of a problem. The word problem, in my humble opinion, gives us a cushion to fall back on when something that we want to do in the hobby requires that certain steps, which we're unaware of, uncertain of, or unwilling to take or cannot undertake, present themselves. The challenge here is to determine if the requirements are insurmountable for us or if there is a way we can meet the requirements in a manner that is practical given our resources. A great example was the development of the botanical-style aquarium world that we work in today. For many years, playing with this idea was considered a problem. We had well-founded fears about the processes, the look, and the management of these types of aquariums based on generations of established ideas and techniques that told us this was contrary to proper aquarium practice. A problem. I think that the problem of you know botanical style or blackwater aquariums for years was that we saw them as dirty, dangerous, non-sustainable, etc., etc. We didn't look at the blackwater environment as one that required that we meet a specific set of parameters in order to create and manage successfully. We didn't look at keeping botanical-style aquariums as an endeavor that required an understanding of the processes involved and developing technique and practices to accomplish our goals. Rather, we hobbyists saw this, you know, foreboding dark environment which had, you know, low pH and all sorts of seemingly contrary and scary things going on. We made it a problem. As a hobby, I think we make a lot of stuff problems. When you think about it, many concepts in aquarium keeping started out as problems or were considered impossible until somebody made them work. Now sure, I get the fact that nature imposes rules or suggestions on what we do. Actually, we'll call them rules. There's consequences, often dire to trying to break or circumvent natural processes. For example, trying to avoid the nitrogen cycle or trying to keep utterly incompatible fishes together. I'm thinking like predator and prey or whatever in the same tank. Much of this stuff is common sense. However, it doesn't keep a lot of people from trying to beat the system. Now look, I'm all for trying new ideas, pushing the limits of what's possible and questioning the status quo in the hobby. However, trying to gain eons of natural processes in order to gain some sort of a, you know, or create some sort of hack doesn't not only, not only doesn't work, it's stupid, it's pointless. That is a problem that we create. You can, however, push the limits and break new ground by working within the boundaries of natural processes. That's advancement. That's progress. That's innovation. Many of us are working every day to progress in the hobby, particularly in this little area of the hobby that we play in. It took doing things that we hadn't previously done before, 
researching exactly what it was, what is required to make black water or botanical style aquarium environments and doing some things which were perceived by the majority of hobbyists as unconventional to get there. But we did. We persevered. We experimented collectively. And now we approach keeping botanical style or black water or brackish aquariums as not a problem to be overcome, but an approach which requires us to do specific things in order to do so successfully. Look, it wasn't like we were creating warp drive or you know nuclear fusion or whatever, but it's an example, one of many in the hobby, of an evolution which simply required us to look at what exactly we wanted to accomplish, understand what it was, and to develop ways to work within the requirements and parameters laid out by nature to do it in our aquariums. It's still very much a work in progress, but we're well on the way to making botanical-style aquariums far, far more common in the hobby, and definitely not a problem. The funny thing is that, in reality, it is sort of an evolution, isn't it? A little advancement from where we were in the hobby before. I mean, sure, on the surface, what we do doesn't really seem like much. You know, toss some botanicals in the aquarium, see what happens. It's not like no one ever did this before over the centuries that the aquarium hobby's been around. And to make it seem more complicated than it is to develop or quantify techniques for it, a true act of human nature, I suppose, is probably a bit humorous to the uninitiated. Yeah, I guess I can see that. On the other hand, the idea behind this practice is not just to create a cool-looking tank. And we do have some technique behind this stuff. It's not about making excuses for abandoning aquarium best practices or you know, some justification for allowing our aquariums to look the way they do, some laziness or something. We don't embrace the aesthetic of dark water, a bottom covered in decomposing leaves and botanicals, and the appearance of biofilms and fungal growths on driftwood because it allows us to be more relaxed in the care of our tanks or because we think we're so much smarter than the underwater, you know, diorama-loving, uh, hype-mongering competition aquarium aquascaping crowd. <laughs> well, maybe we are, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, look, we're all doing this stuff for a reason, and that reason is to create more authentic-looking, natural-functioning aquatic displays for our fishes, to understand and acknowledge that our fishes and their very existence is influenced by the habitats in which they have evolved over eons. As we've mentioned ad nauseum here, wild aquatic habitats are influenced greatly by the surrounding geography and the flora of their region, which in turn have considerable influence upon the population of fishes which inhabit them as well as their life cycle in those habitats. The simple fact of the matter is, when we add botanical materials to an aquarium and accept what occurs as a result, regardless of whether our intent is just to create a different aesthetic or perhaps something more, we are to a very real extent replicating the processes and the influences that occur in the wild aquatic habitats in nature. The presence of botanical materials such as leaves and seed pods and all that stuff in these natural aquatic habitats is foundational to their existence as it is to our aquarium approach. And the fact that they recruit the biofilms and fungal growths and break down over time in our tanks is simply part of the natural process. We can consider this a problem which needs to be you know, mitigated somehow, or we can make the effort to understand how these processes and occurrences can benefit the little microcosms that we created in our aquariums. It's about understanding, education, and acceptance. As aquarium hobbyists, we're in a unique kind of a position to learn about and recreate many of the functions of nature in our aquariums. We have the opportunity to go beyond long-held suppositions about what is healthier for an aquarium. We have the opportunity to innovate. Innovation, in and of itself, is a dynamic concept. It's hard to quantify, but it's there. And it often happens right before our very eyes, initiated and perfected by ourselves. We just don't always make that connection because we 
focus on the finished idea, not all the little subtle breakthroughs and iterations along the way that led up to it. New innovations often build on existing ideas or concepts in practice. It happens in the aquarium world all the time. Sometimes from necessity, other times out of a simple desire to improve something, sometimes out of sheer frustration, often out of sheer genius by the person that invented them. Innovation's been happening like this for millions of years. There's no sense in quitting now. You are innovating. Every single day, everything that you do contributes to the body of knowledge, the state of the art, and the refining of the technique that is the botanical style aquarium. It's pretty cool. There must be a million ways to do an aquarium, and the stuff we practice here in our little world is not any different, really. I mean, have you ever noticed that there are lots of different ways to accomplish the same thing in, even in our little you know, botanical-style aquarium world? There are. The reality is that there really is no set formula to establishing a botanical-style aquarium. No exact way that you should proceed to achieve a specified result. No human-imposed rules, just the ones nature herself mandates. What we have in this area of the hobby are guidelines, best practices, ideas, recommendations from others who have walked the path before. When you, what you choose to do with these recommendations, of course, can make the difference between being successful and pushing beyond the conventional thinking in our hobby. You might fail. You might succeed wildly. Looking at things we're unfamiliar with as problems in the aquarium hobby deters us from evolving and moving ahead, in my opinion. It sets up artificial roadblocks on our journeys that aren't always necessary. We need to look at these things as opportunities. Yeah, opportunities to figure out what role they play in the ecology of natural aquatic ecosystems and in our aquariums. We need to look for ways to incorporate rather than eliminate them from our tanks. Because when we incorporate natural processes and functions into our tanks, we're doing the very best possible job at advancing the state of the art in aquarium keeping. Some may interpret this as being a little bit rebellious or even foolhardy. I think that's ridiculous. I mean, since when is trying to figure out how to how and why something works in nature and to see if it can be incorporated into a current practice rebellious. Just because something seemingly goes against what's been, you know, long taken for aquarium hobby religion doesn't mean that it's without merit or somehow unsafe. It just means that we need to understand how to incorporate it to our animals benefit. Yeah, it's a mental shift. Another of the many that we preach about around here, isn't it? Nature is the one who imposes requirements for us to follow. When we don't, other situations can occur. Problems, perhaps? Maybe, maybe not. In the aquarium hobby, we often tend to edit nature, polishing out or trying to bypass the processes, the aesthetics, and the functions that we find distasteful somehow in search of what we have generally called a balanced aquarium. It's a noble, important goal at least, or at least on the surface anyway. However, I think we need to understand that nature seeks a balance in her own way. One that really doesn't take into account our schedules, our goals, or our aesthetic preferences. It's not there for our convenience. And it's well known that an aquarium is a closed ecosystem that can easily fall out of balance, as the expression goes, when we go too far in a certain direction. We often say that an aquarium is a delicate ecosystem, but I just don't think that it really is. Rather, an aquarium is a pretty robust system which establishes itself in a way that utilizes what's available at any given time. And sometimes it results in the pendulum shifting from one life form to another. The balance itself may be delicate in that various life forms can take over at any given time and pretty rapidly too. However, if you ever battle something like an algal bloom, you'll never call the life forms themselves delicate, right? They're tenacious. You have to respect that. Any life form that takes advantage of optimum conditions to thrive in the face of all this competition is at least worthy of some appreciation, even if it looks like, well, it looks like shit. 
Sure, excessive algae growth is a sign of an imbalance of something or an availability of something. Light nutrients often exacerbated by, you know, deficiencies in husbandry or a combination of these factors. It's aquarium keeping 101, of course, but when you're in the middle of these kinds of struggles, it's easy to overlook seemingly basic stuff. Is it a problem or simply the result of a life form taking advantage of circumstances which favor its growth and proliferation? It's not always easy to clearly understand why a tank is, as they say, out of balance. Sometimes it just takes time to figure it out. I think the important thing is to think of an aquarium, especially our botanical style aquariums, as a small closed ecosystem or microcosm with internal and external influences, any of which may be extremely impactful when they converge. Understanding that various uh, that the various possible impacts that our techniques and expectations and executions may have on our aquariums is just the start. One of the most, or at least on the most superficial level, adding a lot of botanical material into a tank is a recipe for what? A, a lot of bioload for the resident organisms to process. B, a substrate for biofilms and fungal or algal growth. And C, uh, a recipe for biodiversity, a proliferation of a variety of organisms. And of course, the additional bioload can be taken advantage of by particularly adaptable life forms, which could proliferate more quickly than some others. Throwing your little ecosystem out of balance, as the expression goes. In our aquarium practice, it's when this happens, it's the time when you think about the impact of techniques like water exchanges, addition of aquarium plants, adding fishes, reducing the light intensity in the photo period, etc. And again, observations to keep things in balance at least as much as possible. You'll question yourself and wonder if you should intervene and how, or if at all. Yeah, in many instances, I found it most helpful simply to do nothing, and the system will find its way naturally. Someone in the system, some life form or, an, or one life form or another, will exploit the available resources, possibly to the detriment of others. And the key here is observation followed by intervention only as needed or desired. Intervention being manipulation of environmental parameters or impacts in order to rebalance the ecosystem, if you can, or if you feel you must. Like in any aquarium, there's no magic elixir, no single solution to the situations like this. It's about a number of measured moves, any of which could have significant impact, even take over the system if allowed to do so. Hands-off is not an easy concept for aquarium hobbies to grasp, especially when we're looking at it, you know, uh, what we're looking at in our tank flies against what we expect or what we want to see. We can change some of the physical aspects of our aquariums, you know, equipment, the, the, the aquascape, whatever. But Mother Nature's in control. She calls the shots here. And I think that's perhaps the most important lesson that we can learn from in our aquariums. As aquarists, we can do a lot. We can change the equipment, correct initial mistakes or shortcomings that the system might have had from the beginning. We set the stage, so to speak. However, in the end, it's nature who does most of the real heavy lifting here. Nature rewards us for our good decisions, scolds us for our bad ones, and provides cues on what future decisions we need to make. And nature does it all indifferently, without judgment. It reacts positively or negatively to our attempts to control it. Which is why the reality of a botanical-style aquarium is that it's probably one of the best ways to bring nature into our home, to really blur the lines between nature and the aquarium. Sure, planted aquariums give us a similar challenge, but the botanical-style aquarium challenges us in different ways. It tasks us to accept nature and all of its beauty and perhaps all of its ugliness. And yeah, 
It makes us accept that there is beauty in things like decomposition, biofilms, detritus, and algal growth, things which we as aquarists might have been indoctrinated to loathe over the years. We just have to let it go sometimes and trust nature to move along the correct path. Nature finds a way. Nature knows how to do this. We see a lot in aquarium hobby literature, people you know, having these really amazing prosaic quotes about you know, in order to stand before nature, you must appreciate its creations and, you know, the fires of creation give us inspiration for it. It all sounds really great. And it's all a lot of gobbledygook. If you ask me, I mean, it sounds cool and very poetic and maybe sometimes we do the same, but boy, that's a lot of horseshit. If you don't apply it, (laughs) the reality is we need to look at nature, what it does, understand it, appreciate it, and then decide if we want to fight it or work with it. Again, we just have to let go sometimes. Problems are only problems if we interpret them as such. When we see something that we didn't expect to happen in our tanks occur, the question to ask ourselves might not be, what's the problem? Rather, it might be, is there a problem? It's up to us to decide whether to understand and accept or to resist and circumvent the, op- you know, the offerings of nature and accept the consequences of our action or inaction. It's up to us to decide which way will you go? Stay observant, stay brave, stay curious, stay diligent, stay patient, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Thelman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.